Thanks for joining us for today's message. Here at Temple Baptist, we're a church on a mission, connecting people to Jesus and to one another. For some of you, maybe you know that, uh, you know, this topic of the church is very difficult to talk about. And if you watched last week, I talked a little bit about how COVID has brought to the surface that many people who call themselves Christians have very different definitions of church. For some people, church is just not important. For other people, I think that church has always meant a building. And younger generations, I mean, younger people really struggle with like, do we even need a building? Uh, isn't just church like just hanging out with friends and reading the Bible? I mean, there's all of these questions that we have about church. And I find that this is maybe the best time, maybe the only time we're going to get to reflect again in a more deeper way how the Bible almost assumes that we get what it means to be the church. Now, one of the things I want to do this morning in this teaching time, I want to look at a book in the Bible called the book of Ephesians. And I want to look at a section of Ephesians. And if you're taking notes and you're writing down anything about this series, I want you to write down that the letter to the Ephesians, this is a letter in the New Testament, is written, one, to a church, and two, it's like a model church. It's like a church that's really practicing and and living in the way that Paul encouraged the churches to live and to follow Jesus. And so when we read about this church, we're really given some important themes to think about what it means that we're called to find our place in this family of messy, broken, different types of people. That there's something at the heart of God, who is our Father, that is overjoyed and is actually glorified when we participate in the story of life through the life of this church. When we learn that we have a part to play and we have a place in this family and that that glorifies God. That makes almost if you can envision in your mind that God smiles when he sees us trying to play our part, even if it's not perfect, even if we make mistakes, even if we realize, God, we need you to forgive us for that because that, that we really missed. There's almost like a joy that a parent gets when they're watching their kids find their place. And so as we begin this morning, I want to maybe just encourage you to think about what your place might be in the things that God is doing now and the things that God wants to do through the life of this temple community, your family, the church, in the context and the time that we live in right now. Not the church that you used to be and not the church that you want to be. And all of those things are important and they're part of our prayer life but the church that God's calling us to actually be together. You know, we are really blessed as a church because we're learning how to change and modify and become the church that God's called us to be in a very challenging time in our province here in Quebec. Some of you know this. We sense God's call to come back to Quebec and to plant a church, and that's very different than what is happening maybe at Temple. One of the things that happened this week that almost all Canadians have thought about, prayed about, reflected on, was the death that happened in London by the Muslim family who was killed and was killed just in a horrible way because of hate and because of ignorance and because of all kinds of other things that police officers and doctors and specialists are trying to put their finger on, that we're living in a time when the church, people who are different, who learn to love one another and learn to love their neighbors as God has loved us, has never been so important. So as we begin, I want to kind of give you a picture in your mind of how the Bible invites us to understand this idea of us being the church together. Being more than just a group of people that watch a video, although this is helpful, but being excited and ready to want to 
worship and learn and live together and grow together, I encourage you to pick up a Bible or maybe you have a tablet or your phone or a device that would help you and look at the book of Ephesians. And let me just read for you something really profound that Paul writes to this church in Ephesus, a very strategic location. He says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. That God's grace teaches us and helps us to believe in who Jesus really was. And you can't take credit for this. It's actually God's work in us. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. It's not like we're trying to earn God's love, but it, like there's an overflow of God's love in us that makes us understand that we belong to this family. This is what Paul says. And he says, so none of us can boast about it. It's all God's work. For we are God's masterpiece. If you have a Bible, you want to circle that, that word masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 8 to 10. And if you think about this, that one of the great pictures that Paul gives to the church in Ephesus about what it means to be this family is a masterpiece. I mean, I don't know what comes to mind when you think of a masterpiece. I think of artwork. I think of music. But I also think about how a masterpiece takes a long time to fit together and to be understood. And, and, and you know what? One of the most profound things that happened is like, I would have never have thought of the church as a masterpiece. You know, when I think of the church, I think of a mess. I think of like a messy, broken group of people who should do better, who should live better, who should know better. And yet Paul says that in the midst of that mess, can we learn to believe that God is putting together a masterpiece? This beautiful picture of something that's a reflection of his love for the world. You know, one of the things that makes a masterpiece so special is that it has the touch of the actual artist in it. I think of, you know, that, that this masterpiece that we are being weaved into as the church is, is really a picture to the world of how God takes the most broken things in our lives, the most broken people, and begins to heal them, begins to bring them together, begins to do something special. And you know, Paul really emphasizes that this is not something that we can do on our own. It's not something we work towards. It's not something that if only we had more willpower, if only like we worked harder. It's actually learning to surrender to God's ways so that he can make his people who fit into this masterpiece. Maybe for you this morning, it's a new idea to believe this, that God has a place for you to play in this masterpiece that he's putting together. It's not just that my individual life is a masterpiece. It's not just that how many people read the passages that I'm a masterpiece. It's that actually Paul is saying this, that different types of people come together as a masterpiece as they become part of this family called the church. Now, Paul will continue, and this is what he'll say next. It's really profound. He says this. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles, those of you that didn't believe that you belonged to this masterpiece, those of you that didn't understand that God loved you enough to want to have you as part of this family. He says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. That's in verse 11 and verse 12 of the same chapter. He says, hey, let me just remind you that this masterpiece is made up of those who didn't think they belonged. They didn't think that it mattered for them to be, be part of this beautiful masterpiece that God's putting together. And that there's something that Jesus does which is going to tell us in a second, that's going to help you understand that you don't want to live apart from the good things that God has in store for each of us to be a part of. Think about back to like that image of a parent wanting their child to play in the soccer game 
right? It's like Jesus has created us to be people who are in this game and we want to play and we want to play our part. And sometimes we know how to do that. Sometimes our gifts are clear and some of you are serving with your gifts and you're excited about that. But maybe some of you are just in a season where you're just not sure what God has in store for you. You're not sure what your gifts are yet or you tried something and you failed and you're like, I'm not good at any of this. Or, or you, you wish you were better at something or you're maybe the worst thing you could do is you're comparing yourself to someone else. You're, you're, you're thinking about this idea of life and a masterpiece and you're like, I wish I was that person. And maybe God is saying to you, I didn't create you to be that person. I created you to play your part in this beautiful masterpiece that I'm weaving together, that I'm using in such a way, not just to have a building, not just to have a place for us to hang out, not just to be with people that you might like, but that this masterpiece would be an image to the world that is a reflection of the love of its author. That the masterpiece at its core points people and reminds people of what the artist or the composer was thinking about. That when God was putting the church together, when he was starting to draw people together who were Jews and Gentiles, by the way, the word Gentile is someone who's not a Jew, and someone who would have found their meaning and purpose in things outside of the family of God. We live in a time where I think of so many people that still fit that category. I mean, we wouldn't call them Gentiles. Gentiles is like a biblical word. But they're people who feel like church is not for them. People who feel that the life of God, the way it's presented to us in the teachings of the Bible and in the message of Jesus, is just not for them. We actually are living in a time where more than ever, there is an increase of options for people who are into spirituality. Do you know people who would say that? They're like, I'm just into spiritual things. I'm not into church. I'm not into like religion, I'm into relationships. I mean, these are like catchy phrases that people use all the time. Actually, the more we use them, the more it makes it difficult to actually read the Bible. Because in the Bible, in order to understand the relationship that God's called us to, is we actually have to understand the religion of which Jesus was a part of. You see, think about this. We live in a world that separates ideas, and the Bible is always teaching us to hold these ideas together in tension. That you don't understand the beautiful relationship between Gentiles and Jews if you don't hold together that there's a religious framework that we have to understand. Now, that doesn't mean that we want to become religious. That doesn't mean we want to be people who just tell people to follow the rules. But we have to understand something important. That the Gentiles and those who were far from God needed to know that God was making a place for them in this family called the church. Now, for those of you who, who maybe love history and you want to understand the Bible in a deeper way, let me just give you something just a little bit further to think about. That the church in Ephesus has a, an amazing wonder of the world temple to a goddess called Artemides. She's one of the most important goddesses in the ancient world. Paul knows this. Christians in Ephesus know this. And they know what it's like to live in a world where people have many other options for spirituality. They know what it's like for people to just find their meaning and purpose in all the other gods of the ancient world. Actually, this goddess is so important that we know from the Bible that in the book of Acts, when people start to worship Jesus, they start to give up worshiping these kind of almost local gods, realizing that because Jesus is Lord and because their lives were dedicated to Jesus, they would see their life now as being people who do the good works in line with the ways of Jesus, like Paul says, not just to try to do good things to appease the gods somehow. Maybe to do things that would keep the gods on their side. 
And I think of how important that is today when we still live in a world where people are just so hungry to be, to, to be connected to something more than just, you know, the mundane things that we sometimes face in life. That's why we are living in a time where there is a resurgence of spirituality. There's this new movement almost of interest in spiritual things. And the sad thing is that for many people, they won't even once think about the church being a place where they might explore that. And yet, the Bible tells us that Christians, those people who are following Jesus, and Paul says that we're learning to be this masterpiece, should be the place where people can come and explore their spiritual questions. Again, can I just encourage you as you think about the future, as you pray about your place in this family, that you would ask God to make you a person who's sensitive to those in your life who maybe have spiritual questions. And to listen to their questions, not in a way to correct them right away, not in a way to tell them that they're wrong right away, not in a way to tell them, well, you know, the Bible says this, that, that time will come. But sometimes we just become people who learn to listen, who learn to pay attention to the ways that people are processing their spiritual longings, a spiritual anxiety, a fear about the afterlife or about this life. Think about this, that God has united us to the power, the presence, the promises that are available to us because of Jesus. You have been brought near to Him, to God, through the blood of Christ. That somehow, the, the, the mystery of the cross is that God reminds us that He wants us to be part of this family. And this is what it says next, really profound. For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people, when in his own body, when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. If you're taking notes, maybe you want to write this down. That being part of a church and being a Christian in the Bible, and especially to this letter to the Ephesians, is not only that we have access to God. It's not only that we could just pray and read our Bible and feel like God loves us and answers our prayers, but that's, that the, this relationship that we have with God should be reflected in the relationship we have with each other. I think a lot of people miss that. We live in such a world where many people are like, you know, I do church by myself. I read my Bible by myself. It just, it's between me and God. I have a personal relationship with God and it's none of your business. You know, it takes, you know, not a long time to start reading your Bible to realize that that's just not going to work. That the people in the Bible are learning that if the power of the cross has gripped their hearts, that they not only want to have a renewed understanding of their relationship with God, like in a sense, God up and down, but also this new commitment to want to see healing in the relationships with one another. That is impossible to live out through a screen. That is impossible to just be okay with by just watching some speaker online. Now, I, I feel really, really blessed that we live in a time where technology makes it possible for us to connect and learn through the, the gift of the internet and the gift of something like this. But that should not be a substitute for the things that we see in the Bible. The ways that God calls us to love people who we would not naturally love. That there should be an overflow in our lives of this new understanding of God's love for us to want to live alongside others who maybe rub us the wrong way. Maybe think about this. You know someone who's so excited that the Montreal Canadiens beat the Maple Leafs at hockey. And you can never imagine worshiping with them. What if the church is the place where God teaches you to love people that you would naturally hate? Go Habs, go. 
Some of you know this, we're in Montreal again, and you know, there's an excitement about like just funny tensions that we feel. Sports is one of those things. But then there's real tensions. Someone that you think about that lied to you. Someone that you know that betrayed you. Someone that you know that you are committed to never forgiving. Maybe one of the first indicators of a sign of being part of this family is that you become someone who is committed to forgiving those who hurt you. And that in doing that, and in trusting in God's power to be that kind of person, those who are far from God would see a new kind of love emerging through those who are brothers and sisters in this idea called the church. I think when you think of the church in that way, masterpiece becomes a better a word that really helps us. That that really is a masterpiece. That something that should not fit together is weaved together in a way that other people are shocked at God's love there. Maybe for you, this is a season where God is calling you to learn some things about the church that you would rather not learn. Let me just give you one thing that has been on my heart and it has been for our church and maybe it's for yours as well. That none of us will feel our way into God's faithfulness. None of us are just going to feel convenient when it comes to learning to be people who are part of this church. Because there are times when you won't feel like a masterpiece. You won't even feel like wanting to forgive someone. You won't feel like you want to get up and get ready and go and serve and find your place in this family. We will not feel our way into being the church God's calling us to be. We are going to have to trust the Spirit of God to move us out of our comfort zone to be these people. To be the kinds of people who live in a world of competing spiritualities, competing options, and yet believing that through our love for one another and because of the cross, the walls that kept people divided have been brought down. And that somehow the, the power of the Holy Spirit is that those of us who would not naturally love one another, who would not naturally forgive one another, would do that and would model this new kind of belonging, this new kind of unity, this new kind of hope together. To the Temple family, if I could say anything to you, is that the future will require that you learn to do that in a way that you have never done it before. I'm going to conclude by just reading this last part of Ephesians in verse 20 and 22. It says this, Together we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Though Through Him, you Gentiles, outsiders, are also being made part of His dwelling, where God lives by His Spirit. That if you want to see the Spirit of God at work in the most profound way, pay attention to how God is at work in His church. Paul gives us these two beautiful images, a masterpiece and now a house that is kind of being brought together in a very strategic way by God. Different parts playing their role, holding together, and just built on the foundation that's not my good works or your good works or our hard work together, none of those things. The foundation, the cornerstone that holds it all together is Jesus Himself. That when we get a glimpse of what it means to be people who are shaped by the cross and the teachings of Jesus, we actually want to be part of this family. 
We actually want to be part of this house. We actually desire to know what part we can play in the things that God is about to do. So maybe as I close, you might need a time to reflect on if that's something that you desire. If God is stirring in you a desire to get back together as the church, to want to be the church together, or if you're just comfortable saying, you know what, I'm fine just doing my own thing. That is an important indicator that the Holy Spirit comes to correct. That is an important indicator of how easy we take the things of God and make them almost so personalized that the story of the good news does not become about the things that God is doing, but becomes about the things that we want for ourselves. This is something that Paul is already correcting in the Bible and is still correcting today in the context of our lives together. I want to encourage you, as you think about this idea of the church, maybe you want to go back and read chapter 4 of Ephesians and just reflect on maybe the part that you need to play. That you need to kind of maybe be stirred out of a place of being just comfortable and you know doing spiritual things for yourself and saying, no, I, I really can't do that. I need to think of my place in this family where the walls that separated those who love God and maybe those who don't know how to love God yet have been brought down. And that God might start to use you in your family, with a co-worker, with your neighbors around the church to begin to listen in a new way to the ways that people are exploring their own spiritual questions and to say, God, teach us to be those people who are so shaped by this love that you have for us that we would be a masterpiece to the world. That when people see our love for one another, they would understand better, God, how much you love them as well. And that when that happens, you would invite others to also find their place in this masterpiece called the church, in this house that Jesus himself is building. Thanks for listening, and consider joining us live on Sundays at 9.15 and 11 a.m. For our address, directions, and any other information, find us online at templebaptist.com. There's no